Hi and welcome to the sixth episode of the 18 Yards podcast. In this week's episode, we'll be giving our predictions for the forthcoming year in the world of football. With multiple exciting things happening with the likes of Pochettino joining PSG and the open-ended Premier League, we'll be discussing and elaborating on multiple different exciting things. As usual, we'll conclude by giving our thoughts on the upcoming Fantasy Premier League and who to include or exclude from your teams. So in this week's episode, we'll be discussing our predictions of the football world in the year 2021. So Ari, what do you feel? What's going to happen? I feel there's a there's a certain player in Barcelona goes by the name of Pedri. He's been brilliant so far in the season. I mean, Barcelona haven't really shown a lot of light, a lot of fire this season. They've been struggling in the La Liga. Currently third, which is, you know, for La Liga and for Barcelona standards, starting off the season at third position, they're really low. But uh, Pedri's 18 years old and he's been playing like an absolute baller. He's taken up Iniesta's role in the team. He's keeping uh, Pjanic out of the team. And I think this year is going to be his year. He's go- he's already broken out as a as a good future star. But I think this is the year he really makes his mark in the footballing world. And I think uh, anyone who's uh, listening to this podcast, uh, just remember the name Pedri. And he's going to make it really, really big this year. Brilliant. Moving on to Yuvan, what do you think? What's the main thing or multiple main things which are going to happen this year in terms of football? Right. So, first, just a question for Ari. Um, there's been rumours about Messi leaving for a long time. We know he said he might want to go to the MLS. And you just spoke about Pedri. And, okay, I know this is a long shot, but you think he can step up to the plate and maybe replace Messi in some way? Um, I think it's, to be very honest... I I don't see this Barcelona team functioning without Messi as of now. Even this season, I think without Messi, they'll be, what, 7th or 8th this season. He's come up with crucial goals, crucial plays in the games that Barcelona have played. And Pedri's still young. And, uh, you know, to expect so much from him replacing Messi is going to be a huge, huge task. Which I think he has the ability to, to uh, perform up to it. But um, I don't think anyone in the current team, Barcelona team, is right. You know, he's not, no one's there yet to replace Messi. And I think either way, it's it's going to be a big loss for Barcelona. If Messi stays, it's, got, it's going to financially hurt them a lot, maybe hurt their future prospects. But if he leaves, it's going to be a big, big blow for Barcelona and the team. I mean, whatever Barcelona stands for. I think, I think, you know, with regards to Barcelona, I think this is going to be a really, really landmark year for them. Especially because, you know, I think they've been in a decline for maybe a year to two years, maybe. And it was really, really, I mean, you could really see the stark reminder of the fact that they were in a decline when they got uh, hammered by Bayern. But the problem I've, I feel with uh, Barcelona is that it's all become about Messi, right? And it's a huge, huge club. But it's been brought down to everything being about one guy. And I get that Messi is um, probably the best player in the history of the game. But for Barcelona to completely revolve around him, it's actually, in my opinion, really, really hurt the team. So, like Yovan asked if Pedri could be a replacement to Messi, I think Barcelona would do well not to expect a single player to come up and replace Messi but to build a team around players like uh, Pedri 
um, Ansu Fati, um, Ricky Puig, and all these really young players, Serginio Dest, who they've they've brought in recently, and with also a lot of the more experienced heads um, uh, that they that they've brought that they have on the team uh, to replace Messi. Because at the moment they're they're in a bit of a fix. Right. And um what do you guys feel about Atletico? They're doing really well this season. They're flying. They can be eight points off the top and they've got the best defense in the La Liga. So they look like a promising promising side and I think they're gonna do well in the UCL too. So a lot to expect from them this season for me. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Johan. Atletico have been brilliant this season. I mean, they've they've gotten replacements for party, and they their defense has always been top class since Simeone has taken over. Uh, I think Atletico have a really really good shot at winning La Liga, considering Barcelona has been playing well. So their only real contender this season, in my opinion, are Real Madrid, and even they haven't been up to their best this season. So I think Atletico have a really really good chance of winning the La Liga, and you know UCL. Uh, they've always done well in the UCL, barring the last couple of seasons. Uh, and I think this is the year they, you know, they might just get the trophy. I'm not saying they will, but they just might end up winning the UCL by the end of it. Since we're discussing La Liga and obviously UCL and stuff, uh, just wanted to know your thoughts, especially Ari, your thoughts on uh, Sergio Ramos and where he might go if he might leave. Because I, I, I believe that uh, Real aren't willing to extend his con- extend his contract, or he doesn't want to extend it himself. One to two, I'm not too sure which one. But uh, in regards to Sergio Ramos, where do you think he'll go if at all he leaves Real? See, the problem is he uh, he's a very expensive player. He earns a lot of wages. And traditionally, what Real Madrid does is they do not offer a contract for more than a year to players who are over the age of 30. And Ramos, as right. we know, he's 34 years old. So investing in a 34 years old for a for more than a year is not is not it's not you know financially it's not a good investment. But, you know, as a Real Madrid fan, I really want Ramos to stay because he's been... Because as of now, Real Madrid... Sergio Ramos is what Real Madrid represents, what Real Madrid stands for. You know, that passion, that fire in a player. I mean, players like Ramos are really hard to find in the world these days. And uh, even if he's 34, that'll be a huge loss of the club. As of now, the situation is really confusing because we've offered him uh, a one-year contract with the same wages. But he's asking for two years. So uh, let's see where it ends up because he wants to stay. Uh, Perez wants him to stay. Uh, so I'm really hopeful about the right. entire situation. And if he does leave, where do you see him going? Which club do you see him going to? Because I hear there are like multiple clubs who want to sign him. There's PSG. There's, uh, there's Tottenham. I think there's Liverpool as well. I might be wrong on that one. So uh, City as well, I think. So where do you where do you see him going? If he yeah, does I've see seen him? a lot of uh, Premier League clubs. I've heard like rumors about him going to City, Liverpool, and Spurs. But I feel if he leaves Madrid, I think he'll go to PSG because uh, that's that's a project that you know he'll do well. Because with, uh, I, if I, I may be wrong in this, and I think Raihan or someone would you know have a better view about this. But I think. With Poch coming in, he'll want to use younger players. And I think Ramos can be the perfect mentor for players like Kimpembe, uh, you know, who's very young and he plays in the same position. So I think uh, PSG would be a good project for him. Uh, and I think they are the ones who will offer him the most money, considering the amount of money they have. 
So I think if if he leaves Madrid, I think PSG seems like the destination, the team he'll end up in. Yeah, just touching on Poch, I was sort of sort of going to bring that up. Rahan, obviously now Poch, one of I guess one of your favorite managers, or maybe your most favorite manager in the world, has joined PSG. So what do you think? What is where do you think PSG is going to? How do how do you think PSG is going to do uh, in Champions League? I believe they can also win a cup within the coming week. Uh, one of the sort of French local cups, but where do you see PSG finishing this year? Um, see, I mean, first of all, I'd like to say my favorite manager in the world is always the one who's managing Spurs. So Poch is my second favorite at the moment. Fair. Um, but yeah, with regards to PSG, I think like any other manager. Um, Pochettino will not be judged on domestic success. That that will have to come. Like that's regardless. If he doesn't win the league, on that's automatically he's his job is in doubt because that goes without saying that PSG must win the league. On uh, I think under Poch, PSG may have exactly what they need um, because sometimes you know these big clubs need a project. Um, like, for example, like we were just discussing Barcelona. Barcelona is in dire need of a project. PSG was, I mean, their situation wasn't bad. They were in the Champions League final last season. Um, but they do need a project because they've got the likes of Neymar and Mbappe who are fantastic players, probably the be- some of the best players in the world. But they are not necessarily, you know, taking that final step in the Champions League. I think Poch is... If the players of PSG buy into Poch's philosophy and Poch gets some of the uh, players that he needs from the transfer market, probably he's definitely, I mean, I don't know if he'll do that in January, but he's definitely going to go for two more, two, two to four new fullbacks um, to play the role that we saw Walker and Rose play in his teams for many, many years. He also will probably go for a striker. And if, I mean, these are all if, 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 but I do think that Poch will succeed at PSG and will bring them the Champions League, if not uh, this season, because it may come too early for him. Uh, definitely in 22, they'll be back challenging um, in the latter stages, if not winning the trophy. And what tra- potential transfers do you see uh, from and to PSG because, solely because of Poch? Because, I mean, there has been, prior to Poch, there has been a lot of talk, especially about Dele Ali joining PSG. So, do you think that's going to solidify or do you think uh, he is going to still stay at Spurs? Well, obviously, you know, I mean, I think when you talk about transfers to PSG, two players uh, pop up immediately, uh, especially now because of their relationship with Pochettino and they were already linked to PSG before, Ericsson and Dele Alli. Um Ericsson hasn't worked out at Inter and um, he is possibly a player that PSG may do well with, but I'm not exactly sure that he's the exact sort of player they need. Um, Dele Ali, on the other hand, I mean, by all looks of things, he may want to leave because he's not getting playing time, but the club doesn't want him to leave because they think there's a player in there who can, if not get his place back in the team, at least fetch a large sum of money down the line. Um, 
I think maybe these one of these two can happen or I'm not sure you see because Jan for a club the stature of PSG January is not exactly when they would dip into the market because they want to make big money signings especially with a new manager and a new project um and especially with covid and the way the market is right now I don't really see them going into the market to make any flash signings maybe the fullbacks is somewhere they can they can improve on because i mean florenzi is good on the right but they don't really have the sort of fullbacks that poch needs um and i'm not too well versed with their squad so i can't really talk about outgoings but i think this is definitely something that everyone will be talking about in the summer uh cool. psg's window sure and just veering a bit towards the premier league obviously because I have the table open in front of me, and I think first and tenth is literally just a seven-point gap between first and tenth. Obviously, some some teams do have uh, a game or two short, Arsenal a game or two short of um, uh, Liverpool, who have played the maximum game seventeen. But just in terms of Premier League, Yuvan, what do you think? I mean, how do you think this the season, whatever's left of it, is going to pan out in terms of obviously a there's so much in regards to COVID, b Every, literally everyone's dropping points in terms of top four, top six, and like teams like sort of Villa and uh, West Ham to an extent are sort of far exceeding their expectations. Right. So, like you said, it's extremely tight right now from first to tenth. And so, what I think it's going to take for this season of the Prem is if a top four team, uh, maybe City, because they have favorable fixtures right now. If they can go on a good run, if they can let's say get eighteen out of twenty-one points or even nineteen, then they're gonna. I feel like they're gonna pull away from the rest of the group because teams like Leicester and Aston Villa, they're all still performing really well. So I feel like these teams can still take points from the top four. So if a team like City can actually go on a good run, or maybe even Liverpool if we sort out our injury crisis. Then yeah, I feel like they can pull away from the group and actually do something. And in regards to with... yeah, so go on. Sorry, I I agree with Yuvan, where he's saying. I mean, this this season is basically anyone's for the taking, and by anyone, I mean with no disrespect to the teams I don't mention here. In my opinion, it would be maybe a four team pushing it, a five team title race. Um, if the race is that open, so obviously, if any one of these teams like Liverpool, um, Manchester United, Man City, Spurs, um, Chelsea are not looking that great, but even Leicester maybe. I, I mean, Chelsea and Leicester, I'm not too sure about, but any of the four teams I've mentioned before, if any of them go on a run and the other teams around them drop, it's anyone's for the taking, basically. In my opinion, this season it's going to be one of the widest. Uh, open title races that we see that we've seen for a long, long time, and for me, that's very, very refreshing. And I think a team which always goes under the radar is Southampton because they are still at the moment only four points off Liverpool. So, Ari, what do you what do you make of sort of Southampton? Where do you think they'll finish? And I mean, people like Danny Ings and stuff been in phenomenal form, so. How do you see Southampton? Man, I just love Ralph as a turtle man. Wow, what a person! <laughs> the moment he started crying after beating Liverpool, speaks <laughs> volumes about the guy. 
you know, he's taken Southampton from being a team that's fighting relegation to a team that's honestly, I think they have they are a good team and they could they they could easily fight for the top six finish, especially with the players that they have. I mean, to be very honest, uh, if if there was another person in charge of Southampton right now and not Ralph Fussin Huttle, they'll be somewhere where Newcastle is right now in the 13th, 14th position. But what this guy has done, he's he's taken uh, players like Ward Prowse, uh, Danny Ings, Oriel Romeo, uh, Westergaard, and you know, in, to be very honest, the entire team, and he just upped their game to to such a level that they are beating Liverpool. They are they are playing well against teams like City. In fact, they beat City last season towards the end of the season. I mean, uh, this guy is doing wonders for the team. And even if they don't finish top six, even if they come eighth or ninth, I think that's a big, big win for a club like Southampton. That's a big dub nonetheless. And I just really like the way they play and I just really like the team and the man who's managing the team. And in in regards to sort of, uh, I think it's very important to also talk about Arsenal, even though they are 11th right now, but their recent form has been not that bad. I mean, they've had three wins, one loss and one draw in the last five games. So, where do we sort of see Arsenal finishing? Is it is it top six? Maybe top eight? Is it top ten? Top four? Potentially, maybe? I mean, Rahan, what do you think? Um, I mean, I would love to see them finish outside the top ten, but uh, biases aside, I'm not sure, you know, because like they were abysmal i think the last time we took out an episode um sometime last month they were really really abysmal and as a fan of football as a fan of spurs it was nice to watch but as a fan of football it was like you know i mean at the end of the day this was a club that was of a certain stature and it i mean i enjoyed it but for other people it may not have been that nice to see them like that so Let's see. I mean, they have to... What's extremely important for Arsenal in 2021 is to pick up momentum in their next three games. Because if you look at their fixtures after that, and I'm just going to take them out so I can quickly read them out. Um, I think they play... Just hold on one second. Are we talking so about Arsenal? Play, yeah, they play Crystal Palace, Newcastle. Yeah. They play basically Crystal Palace and Newcastle. And then, and then they go on a run where they, where they play Southampton, United, Wolves, Villa, Leeds, um, City, Leicester, Burnley, which is an easy fixture. At times, Burnley away, so not really that easy. Spurs, West Ham, Liverpool. And then in April, they play Sheffield, where their Premier League fixtures relent. So Arsenal need to keep up this form in the next two games. I think if they falter in either of the next two games they may have a problem because they really, really need this momentum to carry into this next long, long period of... Because that's basically all of February and all of March where they've got tough fixtures and they've got a tough fixture in the Europa League as well. So I think it would be it would be foolish and it would be incorrect of me to have a bias and say that they'll finish outside the top 10. I think they... I don't really believe in their manager's quality. But I do believe that their players have a certain level of quality that they'll finish in the top 10. Um, but I think they may come 8th or ninth, Which Fair. is not and good finally, for a club of Arsenal's level. Finally, talking about 
Manchester United, obviously, they've been, there's been so much talk around them right now because they are second right now with the game in hand and equal in points to Liverpool. So, um, where where do you guys sort of think United will finish? Do you think uh, do you think they are still contenders for the title race, or do you think it's just top four, or maybe even drop down to sort of top six? I think we can expect United to finish in the top four. But calling them title challengers at this point, I think it might be a bit of a stretch because I think we still have to see that football quality from them. They have they have good players who can carry them, like Bruno, obviously. But like we saw in the game against City, they're overly reliant on him. So what happens when Bruno doesn't perform? Yeah, yeah true. I, I I agree with I agree with you when they. I mean, I'm sort of having to eat my words. At this point in the season, because if you remember in the first episode, I had gone after Ole a bit and and said he'd be the first manager to be sacked, and it did. It did in October. It looked like that, but I mean, I don't. I don't think he's the right man for Manchester United. And I've had this discussion with a lot of Manchester United fans who back him. Um, I think United have stuck with him, which is probably what they should have done with any manager because they needed that after Ferguson. But they, unfortunately for them, appointed the wrong man. So exactly like Yuvan said, they have the quality to challenge. They have the quality in their players to, if not challenge for the title, then definitely get to um, close to the level of Man City and Liverpool. But the point I would like to make is the stark point that... This season, City and Liverpool are not as good as City and Liverpool of the past two seasons, right? So, and still, Manchester United is not being able to beat either. Like, if you watch the Carabao Cup final, it was a different competition, but City just outplayed them. And True. And even, the know- draw, even the nil-all draw, United, yeah. I felt City gave United too much respect in that game. And you compare that with, with teams... With well, I mean, you can directly compare that with Spurs. Spurs versus Liverpool was an extremely tight game. That was one on a set. I mean, I discussed this with Yuvan immediately after the game. Whatever the outcome in that, it was that type of a game where whatever the outcome was, it would have been deserved. If it was a draw, it would have been deserved. If Spurs had won, it would have been deserved. If Liverpool had won, like they did, it was deserved. So you can see Spurs gave Liverpool a contest. Now, let's see if United can match that or better that um, at Anfield. Spurs went ahead and beat um, City. So, what I'm saying is, even when City and Liverpool have dropped off, United are not being able to match that level. Even though they have the quality of players like Pogba, Fernandez, Rashford, they're quality players. I think where they're lacking is the man- management of the team and the tactics. Yeah, I agree to an extent because they are over-reliant on Bruno, on Bruno I think. But uh, I also do know that Ari has a very, very strong opinion on United, especially on United Twitter. So, Ari, do you want to sort of come in and tell us what uh, you feel? To be honest, uh, I think uh, in the beginning of the season, I was very critical of United. But, uh, you know, this season, I'm starting to sort of change my mind because, you know, like Rai said, uh, they haven't really beaten any top teams. But if 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 you if you if you look at the games that they won, they've beaten teams like teams. They've beaten the smaller teams, teams teams against you know teams like Southampton, um, West Brom, 
and both these teams took points off Liverpool. Uh, they took points off uh, and Leicester and all. They, they've beaten these teams, drawn against them. So they're the win. They're winning the games they should be winning, which uh, I can't can't really uh, can't really say that for Liverpool. Can't really say that for Spurs. Can't really see that for City as of now, and that's one of the reasons why United is top of the table if they win the game against Burnley, even draw against against Burnley, because they've won the games they need to be winning. They they won against the smaller teams, even if it's a late penalty, even if it's a questionable decision. They they've still gone. They've still beaten these teams, and I think that's why they're in a good position. And that's why I think if they keep doing that, they, I mean, I'm not saying they they will, but they might just end up giving. City or Liverpool a good title race. Fair and uh, I know you've been since the I think since the very first episode you've been very optimistic like I have about uh, Spurs. So just as of today, where do you see them sort of finishing, or uh, in terms of silverware, in terms of the Premier League, and overall? This is uh, in the first episode. I was not optimistic. I was. I mean, optimistic in the sense as compared to everyone else. Everyone else had us uh, uh, finishing outside the uh, top four, and I I had pitched us fourth. So 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 had you. But we've done much much better than expected. And I mean, I'm gonna touch wood when I say this, and hopefully I don't jinx it. But I do think 2021 is the year where we win a trophy again. I'm not saying which one, and for me, even if it even if it is something like the Carabao Cup, which some fans consider a small trophy, I think it's the next step for us where we have to get that silverware. Even if it's even if it's something at the level of the Carabao Cup, I do think that we have a very strong shot at the Europa League as well. Um, but I think Spurs is definitely going to end their 13-year trophy drought uh, and um, pick up some silverware this season. And, I mean, it's not a 2021 prediction, but before we discuss FPL, um, I want to touch on the game this uh, well when this comes out on Sunday night uh, between Tottenham and Marine. Um, for anyone listening who doesn't know what or who Marine is, it's a team in the eighth tier um, from the city of Liverpool, and I really really like the feel-good factor around this game because I've been sort of following what's been going on on Twitter and um, it's mostly a really small club and it's the magic of the cup that they've uh, got a team like Tottenham in in the draw. And this is, uh, if I'm not wrong, this is the biggest mismatch the FA Cup has ever seen. Uh, by mismatch, I mean the Spurs being the furthest up the largest and, gap. yeah the largest gap that uh, there's ever been in the FA cup um and it's really really good to see the football community in england really come together to support clubs like marine uh in such a torrid time like during the pandemic where you've got because unfortunately they went i mean the country's gone into lockdown so they obviously can't have fans at games so they've had a virtual uh, ticket sales which have broken their um, attendance record. They've got a lot of Spurs fans buying um, buying the tickets. There's a raffle. They're selling a signed jersey which is raised about fifteen to 1600 pounds. Um, 
and you know i mean these are their team is comprised of part time players uh they've got players that uh, work for the nhs that uh do tracking and tracing for the nhs that work in the railways um and it's really, really nice to see everyone come together like another example is everton offering their um training ground to marine liverpool helping them out with analysis of tottenham so it's really really nice to see you know football coming together when when uh such fixtures take place and i would i would i would recommend that everyone have an eye out uh, hopefully we win i really really hope we don't lose but um but because that'll be embarrassing but yeah i think i think Mourinho would do good to to give a good showing of themselves and and like Mourinho I was watching his press conference today and he said that the best thing that Tottenham can do is go out there and play well to show their respect for for this team and not not to make it you know not to feel the weaker team to pretend like Mourinho is just there to make up the numbers I don't know what do you think about the game Deep? are you excited to watch them play uh, have you... Yeah, 100% because, um, yeah, as you mentioned, I saw the sort of press conference as well. And he said that, uh, I think his, he kept highlighting that the way we can respect them, respect them is to go out and beat them. Uh, he mentioned that, obviously, they do want to see the big players playing. It's it's the game of their lives as well. And, they, and I think he also mentioned that uh, Gareth Bale also said that he wants to play and uh, fair enough, even though he's just out of uh, injury or whatever, just a player of that stature who's gone and won the Champions League a number of times, who's won, I mean, multiple sort of silverware across the world, who's going to, I mean, just for him, players of his stature and his category to play at that ground. Uh, even the Marine sort of manager has made, I mean, I think he made statements saying, um, we were discussing before this that, uh, the only way we'd be able to stop Kane is if he doesn't get onto the team bus. So it is it is going to be a very exciting game. I do hope we sort of feel a good team. Uh, Marine also gets that sort of um, exposure, which most of them have been waiting for since this um, since the sort of draw was announced. And they've all been super, super excited, as we can tell from Twitter and sort of news outlets. So it will be a very exciting game. And I'm sure they will put their heart and soul into the game. So it's not going to be as easy for Spurs. But uh, yeah, I just hope we win. And um, I hope I hope Marine them, do themselves proud as well. But um, yeah, just moving on sort of from the Premier League and FA Cup and stuff. Obviously, everything we've been discussing about the Premier League does sort of translate into uh, the FPL and... Obviously, a lot of our followers, a lot of our listeners are uh, are taking part in our mini-league. So, as usual, Ari, do you want to sort of touch upon the FPL? Uh, I believe there have been a few blanks. There have there are a few upcoming double game weeks, if I'm not wrong. So, in terms of FPL, what do you think? I mean, do you think in terms of free hit, in terms of uh, wildcard, most people have already played, but someone to bring in, bring out in terms of injuries. I think, uh, you know, the next game week is a uh, blank game, game week in the sense only 10 teams play and the game week after that is a double game week. So, I think uh, an FPL manager should be considering two options. One, like, should be considering one of these two options. Either playing the free hit this game week and putting in the players from the 10 teams that are playing to get an advantage over the other teams in the league, in the mini leagues 
or just play a wild card you had you get a wild card every new year so i mean everyone will have a wild card right now just play that wild card and you know make a team a strong team for the double game week uh personally what i've done is i've used the free hit because i'm i'm i've really messed up my fpl and i'm really 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 behind in all the mini leagues and i really wanted advantage over the uh, over the people above me so i've played my free hit for this game week and just one advice if you're playing the free hit i would just bring in three city players because that's the most you can get if they play brighton and they are playing brilliantly i think the players you could get i think de bruyne is guaranteed to start sterling is guaranteed to start and i think you can get one of the defenders you can either you can either get cancelo or uh, ruben diaz i think both of them will give you clean sheet points and might even score from corners or cancelo might get an assist so my advice for you if you're playing the free hitters just get three city players in your team anyhow right and moving on to what ari said brilliant like it's probably going to be a good idea to have yeah. like three city players in there but just because 10 teams are playing you're probably going to have three players from all the big clubs but maybe even consider players from let's say newcastle or even arsenal and wolves and everton because suppose one of the big games don't show up or one of the big teams don't show up on the day and you have three players playing from the same team you're at least covered in the other positions then just to be on the safe side I I agree with you but I would definitely look at um Carl Dalo uh, the Newcastle goalkeeper because uh, they're playing Sheffield Sheffield has have not been great going forward uh definitely definitely look at Man City defenders because they're playing Brighton and you know they've been defending really really well both Stones and Diaz I think are going to start for sure um Cancelo like Ali said is a good option um even wilson because sheffield haven't picked up points so i i i'm assuming that newcastle will have a have have a good day at the office um obviously the the, the usual suspects in fernandez de bruyne son um and if you haven't played your free hit yet um i would say you make your make the transfers you if you have an accumulation of free transfers you make them with an eye on the double game week coming up and go as late as you can because so, you know these days you you never know which games going to be postponed which games going to be played so keep an eye on the updates and just go as late as you can brilliant so yeah i think the highlight from that was sort of bring in as many newcastle player bring in as many city players and watch out for uh, sheffield's game as well because i mean Yeah, it, that's a different discussion in itself. But uh, I personally feel Sheffield will probably get relegated, seeing their current form. But um, anyways, I think that sort of brings us to a wrap of this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, as usual, do send us your recommendations, feedback, and your suggestions for what we should do or what you would want to hear from us the following weeks. Thank you and take care.